0: This morning, I want, as I introduce with the children, a new series on, the, on, on poured out. And we have our little fountain that represents and symbolizes how Jesus poured out his life for us. If you notice the little fountain, every water receptacle is different. Because we're not alike. But there's something that flows through it that is the same. And it's the spirit of God. So these are the symbols that we have for this series. And uh, and and today, I, obviously, we're going to talk about fragrant oils. But let me let's read scripture before we do this. And I want to take us to Psalm 133. One of the first psalms that I actually wrote something about it in seminary, and I called it prophetic. And the teacher had never heard it before, called prophetic as I it, as I interpreted the the anointing of Aaron as a spirit forming the body of Christ. whoa. Let us read together, or or let us read and listen to and for the word of the Lord as I read Psalm 133 from the New Living Translation. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. For harmony is is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head That ran down his beard and into the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon. That falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord pronounces his blessing. Even life everlasting. Word of the Lord. Our New Testament uh, and Gospel reading this morning is actually found in the Gospel of John. And by the way, I will be beginning a Bible study, uh, is it in the morning? In the morning, Uh, as of Easter morning, April 5th, and -and it's the book of John. But we're going to do something very interesting. We're going to start from the end of the book to the beginning. How about that? We're going to start from the back of the book to the beginning. So we're going to start with, obviously, the Easter story in John. And then we're going to move to find out who Jesus was from the back all the way to the front. But in John chapter 12, we got Jesus here in Bethany. Bethany was a place that he really enjoyed hanging out. And and there was a special place there, a house of friends of his that he was hanging out there. And this is right before... He goes into Jerusalem and we celebrate what we call, and, and he celebrated what we call Palm Sunday. But it is just after, sometime before he had done the miracle of resuscitating Lazarus. So let's listen to where we catch Jesus as he moves towards Jerusalem. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus. The man he had raised from the dead. And a dinner party was prepared. Not a party. And a dinner party was prepared in honor of Jesus. Martha was serving, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard. And she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with a fragrance. The word of the Lord. You smell it? Do you smell it? I have to pour some more. Intentionally, we have a little thing back there giving some essence of rose, Moroccan rose. Because we wanted this house to also be filled with the essence, with a sweet smell, as they experienced in Lazarus' house. It was interesting that, that this was Lazarus' house, but it was also the house of Simeon or Simon the leopard. Did you know this was a whole family thing? Oh, Jesus had the inn with a family. He actually, Simon the leopard, he was called Simon the leopard because he was a leopard and somehow in the time of Jesus, we don't know the story whether he was one of the ten lepers or not, he was healed. But Simon the leopard was the father of Lazarus. It's all in the family, now you get it. But Simon the leopard was also the father of Martha and Mary. So you see the family now? See the family tree? And and I wonder if when, when Simon was sick, He had to leave because he had leopards, so he had to abandon the entire community. And maybe Lazarus took over because there was a male son in the family. He was able to take over the family empire. Now, they were in Bethany, and Bethany was known to be a city of healing, a city of caring, a city of recuperation. You would hang out there, doctor. That would be your hangout. And, and in those days, uh, aromatherapy, which we hear today as New Age, was very common. Because with smells and aromas, people were getting healed. It happens today also. Actually, the, the essence of nard that Mary had in that jar, uh, uh, it works with, with people like me. And if I ingest a lot of it, I can get calmed down. It's a calming aroma. It, the oil also soothes the skin and facilitates the quick regeneration of skin. So oils were very used in those days for medicine. For, and medicine applied in different ways than it is applied today. People would go into a specific building where a specific essence of eucalyptus, for example, was being, was being brewed and smoked, and your nasals will cleared up. You didn't need a friend, a friend. afrin, afrin. Afrin, then got it. Some other stuff. Because aromas were there. And I suspect that Simeon's business may have been in the importation of perfumes and oils. Into the beautiful region of Bethany, where he was one of the business guys. So he may have been one of those importers of oils and perfumes for the healing purposes in that city. And Jesus loved to hang out. Actually, we know that Jesus, in different uh, Gospels, tells us that Jesus was in Bethany at least seven or eight times, six of which he was hanging out in the house of Mary, Martha, Lazarus, and Simeon the house uh, it is actually believed that the house is still there and the ruins of the house just a mile point 7 just south west of jerusalem and jesus would prepare there every time before he went into the city mary she was so creative and, and, and so unlike other women of her days. that, that what It look, tells us that when Jesus one day was in the house, uh, Martha was complaining, and we heard this uh, some time ago, that Martha was complaining because Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Well, Mary was doing the no, no, no. It was only men disciples. First of all, only men could be disciples of a rabbi. And Mary was at the feet of Jesus, and that was a position only allowed for the disciples' men of Jesus, not Mary. But Mary didn't care about the conventions of those days. Mary knew the words of that man had something special. Mary actually knew that he was very powerful. And on that day, that his family was doing a party for Jesus. I tell you that Jesus just goes from party to party. We've been talking about that and it wasn't intentional. But in the last three sermons, the last three passages, we have just stumbling Jesus in parties. Well, this one was, not, was actually won on his honor. After all, the Simeon family was very, very grateful to Jesus for number one, healing the patriarch, resuscitating the brother, and affirming the sisters in their roles as different as they were. You see, for Mary, Jesus was somebody very special. She was accustomed to see Him coming in and out of the compound. But every time He came in, I'm sure Mary did something different. Her routine was probably interrupted because Jesus was there. And in this special occasion, I believe Mary dug into the stash of the family's warehouse like I do sometimes in the rooms here, looking for items to put up. And she may have gone in the, sta- in the warehouse of the perfumes of the family, and she like, hmm, what could I offer my savior? And I don't know who was keeping accounting, but he, she took something very expensive, essence of nard, which comes from a very small plant in the Himalayas. How did that get there? Importation. Trade. And she saw the pound, the 12 ounces, depending who you read in terms of measurement, doesn't matter. It was a large amount. And she took it and she broke the seal and she opened it. And the smell filled the entire room. You see, for Mary, Jesus was very special. For Mary, Jesus, was very powerful because Jesus had resurrected the brother, had had healed the father, had affirmed her in her ministry and mission, in her desire to learn more about Jesus, in her desire to learn more about God. So Mary was a follower. Oh, I don't know if she was counted among the 70s or the people who hung out around Jesus. But she was a follower. Let me ask you the question then. What have you seen Jesus do lately in your life? Hmm? Count your blessings. What have you seen Jesus do lately in your, in your life? And then let me ask you the second question. Who are you following? Who is convincing you that they have the truth, goodness, and beauty? Yourself. For Mary, it was Jesus. Mary also, for Mary, she found out that that Jesus' presence was powerful, very powerful. I mean, it was so powerful that the dead would rise. It was so powerful that her heart was just about to explode because she wanted to express her love, her gratitude. Wow. Wow her life. So she picked maybe one of the most expensive items in the warehouse, a $15,000 box to today's money. $15,000 gift. I don't know if there were deductions in the Roman tax system for gifts. But for Mary, Jesus' presence was powerful. jesus It was so powerful that she was just a little radical. Her reaction was not, uh-uh, I'm not going to do the things that I'm supposed to do. So she responded in a radical faith. She responded in radical hospitality. She responded by giving the best that she could find in her family's warehouse. And she offered it to Jesus. How radical can you get toward Jesus, let me ask you? So, some young people these days are very radical about Jesus. And they don't see us, the church, the institutional church as representing the Jesus that they read in scripture. Oh, I understand their youthfulness, desires, and the time they have, perhaps. But they're radical for Jesus. And they're willing to do anything for Jesus. We just heard a few of them that have gone out to help Christians in war-torn areas. And a couple have lost their lives. Oh, the news don't say that there are brothers and sisters, but they are. Because when we hear the stories at home, they were moved by their faith to go help the brothers and sisters that were in need in Syria. Radical. What has been the latest radical thing you've done for Jesus, let me ask you. And thus Mary finds herself at the feet of Jesus, announcing, symbolically. Because you see, it was expensive what she thought, but then there were some haters. Oh, the haters are always around. Yeah, remember the haters are always around. And one of them said, hey people, why are we spending all this perfume here? Why don't we give it to the poor? Oh, our text continues and says, that was Judas who had his own agenda. He wanted to save the money for the poor of his pocket. That's what the text tells us. Another version of the story in Matthew says, other people were complaining that Jesus, that, you know, why the waste of that? And then Jesus replied, well, let me tell you one thing. He said two things. The poor you will have with you, and that, ju- that is not a justification to keep people poor and oppressed. That's a matter of sin. We are to bring up and restore. But the second thing she said, oh, you have me now for a little while, but when I leave, you wish I was around. That's what he says. So Mary was announcing his death. I like the idea how how he, in front of all those haters, said, leave her alone. Stop it. Quit. Stop complaining. Stop nagging. Stop it. Look at what God is doing. Do you see it? Join God. Join the mission of God. Stop complaining. It's God's doing here. Not ours. And Mary realized, oh my goodness. He got my back. He got my back. He's protecting me. He's supporting me. He's empathizing. So she... Became in solidarity with him. I wonder, women have a greater intuition than men do. I've learned that. have gone through the process. <laughs> <laughs> Survived that one. And What I'm talking about, some of you may know that I was married once and divorced and remarried the same one. It's good. But boy, did we go through. <laughs> but you know what? Mary was aware. And her gift may have been extravagant, excessive, abundant, and generous. Right out expensive. Probably a portion from her family's warehouse. But let me ask you again. Let me ask you again. What are you willing to pour out for Jesus? What are you willing to. To pour out. Because let me tell you one thing. Jesus poured it all out for you. Today we invite you to be anointed at the extreme stations that we have with a candle. As a ritual, we ask you to come and claim that blessing. To extend your hands as Mary in this station and I in that station will anoint you with oil. With aromatic oils. Are we announcing the death of Christ for our sin? Receive it. Embrace it. Come during communion to declare your solidarity with Jesus as we journey to the cross. The cross that he carried for you and me. For this morning, Jesus is present. Jesus is present in word. Jesus is present in spirit. And Jesus is present... Is sacrament, and for that we thanks the Lord. Let us listen to this beautiful song. I believe Greg is from uh, Korean origins. Did you translate this one? No, no, not. He did all the other ones. And let's listen carefully as we listen to the word being sang.
1: To my. Presence. Precious Lord, I'll bring my flask of fragrant oil. Kneeling down, I kiss his feet, anoint them with the oil. Jesus, who for my sake walked the road to Calvary. With each step Has marked the imprint Of his love for me To my precious Lord I bring my flask Of fragrant oil Kneeling down I kiss his feet Anoint them with me